0: Restrict your subject to fit the time at your disposal. In one of his talks to teachers, Professor William James pauses to remark that one can make only one point in a lecture, and the lecture he referred to lasted an hour. Yet, I recently heard a speaker, who was limited by a stopwatch to three minutes, begin by saying that he wanted to call our attention to 11 points, 16 and a half seconds to each phase of his subject. Seems incredible, doesn't it, that an intelligent man should attempt anything so manifestly absurd? True, this is an extreme case, but the tendency to err in that fashion, if not to that degree, handicaps almost every novice. He is like a cook's guide who shows Paris to the tourist in one day. It can be done, just as one can walk through the American Museum of Natural History in 30 minutes, but neither clearness nor enjoyment results. Many a talk fails to be clear because the speaker seems intent. Upon establishing a world's record for ground covered in the allotted time, he leaps from one point to another with the swiftness and agility of a mountain goat. If, for example, you are to speak on labor unions, do not attempt to tell us in three or six minutes why they came into existence, the methods they employ, the good they have accomplished, the evil they have wrought, and how to solve industrial disputes. No, 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 no. If you strive to do that, no one will have a very clear conception of what you have said. It will be all confused, a blur, too sketchy, too much of a mirror outline. Wouldn't it be the part of wisdom to take one phase, and one phase only, of labor unions, and cover that adequately and illustrate it? It would. That kind of talk leaves a single impression. It is lucid, easy to listen to, easy to remember. When I went to call one morning on a company president whom I know, I found a strange name on his door. The personnel director, an old friend of mine, told me why. His name caught up with him, my friend said. His name? I repeated. It was one of the Jonases who controlled the company, wasn't he? I mean his nickname, my friend said. It was where is he now everyone called him where is he now jones it didn't last long the family put a cousin in his place he never took the pains to know what this business is all about he'd put in a good long day all right but doing what Mopping in here popping in there all over the place all the time just sort of covering ground he thought it was more important for him to see that a shipping clerk turned out an electric light or that a stenographer picked up a paperclip than it was for him to study a big sales campaign. He wasn't in his office much. That's why we call him, Where Is He Now? Where Is He Now, Jones, reminds me of many speakers who could do much better than they do. They don't do better because they won't discipline themselves. They are the ones who, like Mr. Jones, try to cover too much ground. Haven't you heard them? And in the midst of a talk, haven't you wondered... Where is he now? Even some experienced speakers are guilty of this fault. Perhaps the fact that they are capable in many other ways blinds them to the danger in dispersed effort. You need not be like them. Hold fast to your main theme. If you are to make yourself clear, your hearers must always be able to say, I understand him. I know where he is now.